So it's been a little bit. <laughs> the Bearcast has been on an extended hiatus. Um, the last thing we covered was the Montez sweat trade. Not even the Saints game. The Montez sweat trade. Holy. It has been a long, long time since we have recorded an episode. Um, mainly due to college applications, um, senior year of high school. Just just uh, everything of the sort. Oh, and get used to this next year, by the way. Cause this oh, it'll be, be, it'll be even worse. It's going to be even worse. <laughs> you, you may get an episode around Thanksgiving and maybe one around Christmas break, but otherwise... We will we will try our best. I'll just find a car and just go, hop in <laughs> and record. Anyways, so I don't know how we're how we're gonna do this episode, considering it's a late night one too. So I don't know how late we're gonna go with this, but uh, we'll I try mean... to we'll try to breeze through as many games as possible. Okay, so. Leaving off, we left off after the Chargers game, which was Bajan's second start. That is how long ago it has been. <laughs> oh, we did. Wait, we didn't even do the Chargers game. We did the Chargers game. That was we the last the Char- game we covered. Game. Okay, all right. Oof. We we covered the Montez sweat trade, which turned out to be incredible. Oh, uh, Team Foles um, does it again. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny when you look at the when you listen to the presser. He like commented. He's like. Last year, I made a trade that I w- that that didn't work out, and I was bummed about it. You could you knew which trade he was talking about as soon as he said that. Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chase Claypool made the playoffs and was eliminated in the first round to the Chiefs. Um, more on that a little later. Um, anyways, so the Bears ended up going to New Orleans uh, and lost that game. Colcomer had two touchdowns. But Tyson Bajan threw three interceptions, and people realized that, hey, maybe we need Justin Fields back because Bajan Ball is going to be boring as fuck if we, if we have to deal with this the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, that- Bajan Ball was um, – so there was – That was on full display in the Panthers game too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, Lord, the Panthers get – if we weren't playing the Panthers, we uh, we would have lost indefinitely. Yeah. We were 2-7 and seven after the Chargers game – or after the Saints game. And from there, it actually kind of turned around a little bit. We finished out the year five and three, and got to seven and ten. Um, it was kind of fun getting some wins, but we'll get to the situation a little bit because there's a lot of things going on. Um, but first of all, this Panthers game, uh, we we there were two total touchdowns combined. Um, Amir Smith Marset, who you guys probably remember from last year as a bear um early season uh tank commander he had a punt return touchdown and then Deontay Foreman also had a touchdown and then the game was dominated by Cairo Santos and Eddie Pinero yep the quarterback play neither quarterback threw for 200 yards passing the leading Panthers receiver was this Mike Stracken guy who was called up from the practice squad he made one catch in that game for 45 yards. It was the only catch he had on this on the season, and it was the it was he was the leading receiver for the Panthers. Oh Lord! And then um, 
Montez Sweat had a really good game. He had this huge hit on Bryce Young, which was crazy. It wasn't a sack, but it was – he destroyed him. Um, oh, yeah. But after – yeah, besides that was a very, very forgettable game. Deonta Foreman played very good. Um, that's kind of it. Um, okay, and then the week after, we ended up going to Detroit, who – was seven and two at the time, and we ended up taking a twenty-four, a twenty-six to fourteen lead with four fifteen left in the in the uh, game. This was Justin Fields' return. He missed four games with the with the thumb injury. He actually only threw for one hundred sixty-nine yards, ninety-six to DJ Moore and a touchdown to Moore. But he also ran for one hundred six, one hundred four, I should say. Jared Goff threw three interceptions. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson began his uh, defensive player of the year campaign with an interception in this game. Um. I believe Edmonds and Edwards both had picks. But as I said, the Bears took a 26-14 to 14 lead with 4.15 left in the fourth quarter. And that is all you need to know about this game going forward. The Bears did not collapse, surely. The Bears, <laughs> sure. the Bears got their season on track. They, are going, they ran the table to go 10-7 after this game because they did not collapse this game. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. That was... Luke Getze and prevent defense. I wonder what will happen. Look, I'll... we'll get to Luke Getze's fate eventually, but Lord Jesus. Lord, oh, my God. Oh, and Tyler Scott had a hideous, hideous track on the ball. That was just... Yeah. That was that was almost a Justin Fields legacy throw. And unfortunate, was... poor poor rookie Tyler Scott had to be the one down there. Yeah, not, um, not maybe not your best receiver. Maybe like Mooney. Maybe 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 you could have not ran it up the middle twice in a row. That would have helped too. Um, with Lucas Patrick. Um, Lucas Patrick, if we trade him back, because he's a free agent after this season. But if we bring him back, man. I think the only reason we even brought Patrick in, in the first place is because he was with Getsy. I'm generally convinced that no, that's why we brought in Patrick and EQ because they were with Getsy. I don't mind EQ though. No, EQ's not bad. Oh, to make it worse, the go-ahead touchdown for the Lions was scored by David Montgomery. <sighs> don't worry, guys, because the next week we went we went to Minnesota Monday Night Football and um. The Bears kept up this offensive performance up with four field goals. Lord. Oh, the good the only the only thing is though, Justin Fields actually led a game winning drive for once after previously fumbling the ball twice in the fourth quarter and somehow getting the ball back because the defense was bailed out by this shitty team was bailed out by Montez Sweat again. Oh yeah, we also ended the Josh Dobbs insanity run. Yeah, four interceptions. Um, Jalen got one. Gordon got one. Oh, and he also also flagged for some bullshit. Yeah. Um, so he took off his helmet because uh, it was broken. Fucking Vikings defender ripped his face mask off and punched him. <laughs> and then they called him for taunting because he's trying to show the refs that it was broken. I believe Brisker also got a pick in this game, and then. Was it Edwards, I think, that got it? Oh, yeah, it was Edwards. That's right, because it was on fourth down, and he should have just knocked it down and would have given us a better field position. That's all right, though. I'll take the stat yeah. pad. 
anyways, the Bears headed into the bye week. They didn't really do much. Um, and then they got their get back on the Lions um, by winning 28 to 13. Um, the, the 13 points they gave up all came in the second quarter. Um, after, and the, um, they were down 13-10 at half, and then they ended up scoring the remaining 18 points they needed to come away with the victory. Did not choke this time, luckily, because the defense actually decided not to fold. Um, this is the beginning of Javon Dexter's breakout, too. Um, I know Jalen had an interception. Did I think Tremaine got one, too, if I'm not mistaken. In the which one, Jared? Second lines game. Yeah, Tremaine had one. Yeah. It was Jalen and Tremaine, I believe. Okay, and then um, so things are kind of rolling now for the Bears. Um, Yannick Ngakwe did break his ankle, unfortunately, during this game, Lions game. So he missed the final four games of the season. Um, what were his final stats? He only had like a few sacks. I know he, yeah. he started to look better once um, he had not Rasheem Green on the other side. Um. Yeah. <laughs> once he got sweat in, like the whole D-line kind of got better. But um, Oh, uh, one really big part of that was Jervon Dexter. Uh, he really showed up at the end. Um, yeah. He had two and a half sacks on the season. Um, I believe one of those, he had half a sack against Detroit, half a sack against Cleveland, which we'll talk about in a second, and one and a half against Atlanta, which is a game I went to and we'll get to in a minute too. But um, at this point now, the Bears are 5-8, and eight, and typically when the team's 5-8, and eight, you think, uh, oh, okay, that's fine, whatever. Um, they're pretty much out of it, though. I sh- though because of how shitty the NFC was this year, the Bears were actually really realistically could make the playoffs if they just beated if they would just beat Joe Flacco. And um, let's see. So the offense performed like shit, um, but they were bailed out by a couple of interceptions. Eddie Jackson almost had a pick six. They almost fu- uh, fucked up that drive, but Cole Komet luckily saved her ass. Uh, Tremaine did have a pick six. It was yeah. crazy. That was one, probably like a really cool play by the two linebackers. Um, yeah. Oh, I also – so I ended up seeing – because I was unable to really watch this game much at all. So I saw we were up 17-7, to and I'm like, cool, okay. We are actually going to win a game against the Browns, who are a pretty good team, 8-5, and five, pushing for the playoffs. Joe Flacco, I guess, is the quarterback, but whatever. He just kind of – I think he beat Jacksonville the week before. So, um, anyways, and then I come back and we lost twenty to seventeen. Yeah. And then I went back to what rewatch the highlights, and I just realized how that really just sucked everything away. Fields was picked off on two hail marys. Yeah. So box score nerds will be like, "Oh, look at these two hail marys." Though Mooney probably should have caught one of them, though. Um, I think he gets too much blame for that because in real time, yeah, it's like in real time as a wide receiver, if you're trying to come down with that, that's a hard ball to come down with, especially when he's like falling to the ground and he like realizes it was coming to him at like the last second, like it was in his hands, but that's a tougher catch than like people think, like put 
put any civilian in that situation and they are probably doing the same thing. Um, Probably not even getting close to even catching it. Um, First Hail Mary at the end of the first half was bullshit because Fields got roughed on that call and it wasn't called again. Um, Oh, also, the play two plays before that that last Hail Mary that Mooney almost caught, Tyler Scott ran – he caught a pass. I think he had dropped a pass to play before, but he caught a pass and he ran and he set that out of bounds at the Browns' 40-yard line, which means that the Bears could have had a chance to get about five yards to try a – what would that have been? 53-yard attempt for Santos, which isn't unreal, unreasonable. Um, just throw like an out route to come at. I think they even tried to do that the next play. So Tyler Scott set that at the 40, but the refs marked him out at the 45. Yeah. Which means instead of five yards, the Bears would need like 10 yards to get in the field goal range. They tried the fastest to, to come at. I think it didn't work. They didn't have any timeouts, so they just had to go for the Hail Mary. <sighs> um, and that effectively killed our playoff chances. Yeah, there was still an outside shot late in the season, and it's kind of funny how close we were to having a chance in Week 18 um, if Mason Crosby literally doesn't miss by like two feet. On a field goal, yeah, that one for the Giants. We yeah. would have been in the playoff hunt week eighteen. Granted, we would have needed to win, and then Seattle and New Orleans to lose, which didn't end up happening. But um, I think both those teams ended up winning. But like, still, it was kind of weird. Anyways, we went in Christmas, um, beat the Cardinals. I was expected. I was at that game. It was. It was, you know, the environment was fun. It was actually pretty warm out, which was nice. Um, yeah, Christmas Eve. Uh, before we got hit in the current shitstorm we're in right now. Yeah, so <laughs> earlier this morning, I shoveled snow at 29 degrees. It is currently negative one. Yeah. Negative two now, actually. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, and I probably have to go, go shovel snow tomorrow morning. You know, every year Great. I'm like, oh, wow, this December, it's going to be warm. Maybe this winter won't be that bad. And then January hits like a fucking truck every year. <laughs> Especially around this Martin Luther King weekend. It's just always like this. But I got no school Friday and probably Tuesday, so I'm not complaining. Um, Are we supposed to get stuff Tuesday? Tuesday's just supposed to be very, very cold. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had two snow days this past week, so. So I was able to dive into more prospect film, mostly wide receivers, but we'll get to that in a little bit because I also dove into some more uh, uh, unnamed quarterback film. Um, I will get to that as well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Car- a- anyway, so they killed the Cardinals pretty easily. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say killed. They kind of well, not killed, but they had like a twenty-one nothing lead. They hand. They handled the Cardinals. They they handled them. Fields and had the best of stat line. Though it's more impressive when you consider the fact that the Cardinals went out and beat the Eagles the very next week. I get the Eagles have been collapsing, but it's like... It was kind of funny to see the the, uh, Cardinals uh, GM. Like, he was, like, shaking on the sideline after realizing that they were going to win and might lose out on Marvin Harrison. That's that's called organization. The, the Cardinals are a perfect example of organizations tank, players don't tank. Yep. Um. Oh, and then the next week they went out and uh, destroyed the Falcons in a game I was also at. Um. That was that was good to see. DJ Moore cooked. Um. Taylor Haneke kind of threw a, a few interceptions. Tyreek Stevenson had two. 
uh, Gordon had one, Edwards had one because um, they ended up putting Ritter in at the end and he threw one. Um, let's see, touchdowns by DJ Moore, Justin Fields, Rashawn Johnson, and Clue Herbert. That Herb, that late Herbert touchdown. Well, it may not have meant much to a lot of people. My dad's twenty-five to nineteen parlay ended up hitting on that touchdown. If only he had listened to my advice and added a Justin Fields rushing touchdown, he would have had six hundred bucks in the in the bank. Jeez. But it's whatever. He still hit for two nineteen. I don't think you can complain about that. Um, Tyler Scott almost had a touchdown in this one too, but twice couldn't get in the one time when he was diving he was knocked away the second time he probably should have gotten the second foot down um scott did not end up catching a touchdown this season which i wish he would have but it's whatever he can get better this offseason come out and maybe do well win the wide receiver three spot most likely yeah um and then we went to lambo with a chance to play spoiler to the Green Bay Packers. All we needed to do was beat them. And, you know, we don't really have much to play for for the rest of the season. Maybe some jobs on the line. Maybe Luke Getzi's on the line. Maybe Fields. And what does the offense do? Shit. There. 148 yards of, uh, let's see. Oh, no, wait. Not even 200 yards of total offense. If you factor in sex. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was and the final the final pass of the, the final offensive play of the season, third and twenty screen pass that Justin Fields airmails. And that is also the final drop of Luke Getze's career, ladies and gentlemen. Because yeah. what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Was he canned? Wednesday. 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 Luke Getze was out the door. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the Packers game that was that was yeah. they couldn't beat the Joe Barry defense, which. Like, it could have. The score says it was a one score game. It realistically probably should have been 28 to 9. It felt so just deflating to watch that shit. Yeah, I was like, okay, dude, I, 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 I expected us to lose this game, but like, you just come out and just shit the bed like that. Like, you, they always revert to their worst against Green Bay, and it just needs to change next year. Like, this is just unacceptable. And then we get to the shit show that was last week. Um, yeah, so uh, Matt Eberflus is gonna be back. Most which, um, I don't. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, I don't think I don't think the best option is to keep Eberflus, but um, it is what it is. It's fine. I think if they get a good offensive coordinator, then they can be good. Um, the thing that Eberflus needs to change is to stop calling prevent fucking plays because it is not worked. Like, ever. Yep. Except, like, when they're, like, trying to defend Hail Marys. I thought, wait, I thought they gave up, like, one Hail Mary where, like, somebody caught it, but it wasn't even close to, like, the end zone. I think I'm thinking of, like, the wrong team, though. Anyway, so, yeah. The Bears ended up retaining Matt Eberflus, and, uh, luckily, you know, Luke Getzey was canned, as expected, um, as along with, uh, most of the offensive staff, including QB coach Andrew Janoco, um, Assist- wide receiver coach Tyke Tolbert, running back coach Omar Young, and somehow assistant tight ends coach 
Ken Zets. How do you get fired as a system as assistant tight ends coach, but the tight ends coach actually stays? <laughs> what did you? What could you have possibly did, done what to have gotten brother... fired as assistant tight end coach? Uh, what was the brother cooking? <laughs> what could you possibly done? Anyway, so the Bears will be searching for um a whole new like a whole new offensive staff. Um, excluding tight end coach and Jim Dre will return, and then O line coach Chris Morgan will return. We're assuming a defensive coordinator will also be f- uh, hired. Yeah. Yes, yes, they are planning on searching for DC. Though um, no defensive staff changes were made, um, they would have retained everyone. I assume the new offensive coordinator, um, to which right now there are four candidates that have been interviewed: Shane Waldron, uh, Seahawks offensive coordinator. With Pete Carroll leaving, they have all been given um, the ability to seek out other jobs. Um, he's probably my favorite as of the moment, so we'll see what happens. Um, helped revive Geno Smith's career. Clint Kubiak, uh, 49ers passing game coordinator, um, former Vikings OC and Mike Zimmers last year. Funnily enough, his quarterback coach that year was Andrew Janoko. Um that's kind of funny. <laughs> so, I don't, I, I don't hate that option either. I think they're two for two. Uh, then they also plan to interview Kentucky offensive coordinator and QB coach Liam Cohen for the position. Uh, Cohen was also the Rams OC in 2022, and I think he has some like high praise for McVay too. And then today they interviewed Greg Olson, not, not the tight end Greg Olson. Um, not the one that was previously with the Bears organization from in 2007, I believe, but the one that was in the Bears organization in 2003. The quarterback coach that year, Greg Olson, who was most recently the Seahawks quarterback coach and also served as the Raiders OC not too long ago. This is probably my least favorite of the four options because his offensive is have I think his best offense was like 15th in the league, and he's held a so, lot of. Jobs for a guy who's supposed to be the next offensive coordinator, and that's usually not a good thing. Um, yeah, just like he bounces <sighs> around a lot of positions. Like I don't know, I don't know if he's like he seems old, and I'm. We have a lot of. I mean, yeah, he was the quarterback coach back in um, 2003. This is pre Lovey Smith, by the way. But none of. This offensive coordinator talk matters if we don't answer the big question this offseason, and that is who is the quarterback week one? It is going to be an absolute shit show. It, so we're going to break down a couple of scenarios for you. The first scenario, keep Fields and draft Caleb Williams. If you want this scenario, you need to fucking get your brain checked. And if this scenario happens, I want Pulse fired. I am. Well, we also got to look at the hall. I mean, like, it's – no, I'm no, I'm just saying. I'm not even saying like the whole. I'm I'm saying scenario number one is you keep Fields and draft Caleb. Williams. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, fuck that. No, that's a terrible. If idea. you do that, yeah. then your GM needs to honestly be fired immediately. No, no, no. Yeah, you can't. You can't have. That's just yeah. That that's a terrible waste. Scenario number two: the Bears do not take Caleb Williams at one. They trade that pick to like Washington pick Marvin Harrison at two, and then pick Michael Penix at 10 and have him and Fields duke it out for the quarterback position. Yeah, still a no. Anything that this involves- is still This is still a no. 
And the only reason I bring this up is because my dad said this to me after Michael Penix's legacy game against Texas. Yeah, no. Anything that involves Fields plus a first-round rookie should just be discarded. That's, Eric that's, Lambert believes Michael Penix is the best quarterback in this draft. That's just wrong. <laughs> Penix is older than Fields, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pen- I remember Penix and Fields duking it out in, in, tw- in 2020, Ohio State versus Indiana. That's when Rex Penix Grossman... Back when Penix had two working knees. When Rex Grossman started in the Super Bowl, Penix was in his second year of college. Like, let's let's calm down. Now. <laughs> yeah, same thing with Bo Nix. Like, Bo, Bo Nix's oh my first God. college start was against Justin Herbert. Oh, my. If, dude, if Bo Nix is my fucking starting quarterback in 2024, that I'm, I'm punching in my bare cards. That's it. <laughs> Bo Nix was – Bo Nix's first ever college game was against Justin Herbert. Bo Nix saw the 85 oh, Bears. He also he threw an interception to Thomas Graham that game too. I remember that. <laughs> I watched that game. He threw a pick to Thomas Graham. Bo Nix was Jim McMahon's backup. Like there's <laughs> he's that fucking old dude. <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with unserious scenarios, let's go through I think the three scenarios that could possibly happen. So number well two, but it's one A, one B. So one A is you draft Caleb and trade Fields, and one B is you or is you would draft May and trade Fields. Um, so I basically, you draft the quarterback at one and trade. I oh, think we'll- also, uh, Jaden Daniels does not should not be the QB. Daniels is that quarterback this year. Granted that granted he's better than the previous two, but he's uh, this year's quarterback that just does not know how that not that he does. It's not that he doesn't know how to play QB. It's just that the fact that his production is going to overrate his tools and he's going to get drafted a lot higher. Yeah. Examples of this were Kyle Trask and Kenny Pickett, though he is better, significantly better than those two. And honestly, he is probably just a worse Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, Which is why you see a lot of Fields fans uh, want, saying Jaden Daniels should be the only option to replace Fields if they do I, that route. It's – it's really easy to fall in love with field style of play. Like, it's just, like, when you watch it, when he's on, he's on, dude. But when he's off, it's, like... The thing is, I, I, I keep talking myself into wanting Justin Fields, and then I go watch Caleb Williams, and I'm like... Dude, both... I'm I, I watch Caleb Williams' film, and I'm like, God damn it. You know, why, the, why can't... I, <laughs> why can Fields either it. be really good or really bad? We Just make this decision easy. Yeah, like the way I see it, this is a huge glow up from our other QB situations. Like, uh, do not respect, do not disrespect Nick Foles versus Kissing Titties, <laughs> or fucking Tyler Bray versus injured Tyler Bray versus injured Mitch Trubisky, who's starting. <laughs> God, like, that I, Monday night game in 2020 against Minnesota was so weird because if because <laughs> this is the funniest shit ever. They. The Bears had benched Mitch Trubisky after week four, right? And then at week eight, Matt and Hagee's like, okay. Who was it? New Orleans. It was against New Orleans. He's like, okay, let's see if we can turn Mitch Trubisky into Taysom Hill. And he, then he puts Mitch, he puts Mitch in there. He runs, like, he does, like, a little, like, run play. Runs one play and gets hurt and misses two games. <laughs> he literally, like, knows that. And that is how Tyler Bray ended up walking into the game. Once Nick Foles went out against Minnesota on Monday Night Football. 
Dude, I saw this, like, I remember, like, so distinctly, this one, like, the Windy City uh, tweet, like, the Windy City Productions tweet, he's like, if Tyler Bray wins this game, I'm naming my kid after him. And then he immediately throws, like, the worst pass I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Tyler, Bray <laughs> threw a, Tyler Bray threw a completion, and I'm like, okay, okay, Tyler Bray, you're going you're gonna to lead us down for this win, right? And then he threw the four, like, I could throw better passes than those. Oh my lord! Yeah, or, <laughs> this like, is why Tyler Bray never got into any games. Or what was what was the 2016 uh 2016 quarterback sitch we had? All right, let me go back to this. So we had Cuddy, <laughs> Cuddy, but he was he was pretty gone by then at that like and mentally. Then Brian down. Hoyer, which was Brian. that was kind of unfortunate because Hoyer was the best of the quarterbacks we had that year, and then he ended up getting hurt against Green Bay and missing the rest of the season. Um. He had four straight games at 300-plus yards passing, including almost having a 400-passing-yard game against the Colts. I remember that. That was his legacy. They lost three out of four of those games. <laughs> including, oh, my God, the Jacksonville game. I remember this one so distinctly. They had like a they had a big lead, and then they ended up, they ended up choking it late. <sighs> Damn, that was that was a rough that was a rough year, 2016. Um, and then after Hoyer got hurt and Cutler came back, and then Cutler got hurt and missed the rest of the year, and then Matt Barkley stepped in. That's right, Matt Barkley. Um, he actually beat the 49ers. He should have beaten the Titans, but Josh Bellamy had butterfingers. He threw for 362 yards against Green Bay, and they still lost that game. Jesus. Anyway, so Matt Barkley after that Green Bay game had a touchdown interception ratio of six to seven, and that shit immediately went out the drain after having a three hundred twenty three yard two touchdown performance against Washington, but lost forty one to twenty one because he threw five interceptions. And so the Bears, having basically having enough of this bullshit, decide, okay, let's see what um, let's see what this fella David Fails can do. David fails, uh, two for five passing for twenty-two yards. Yeah, so this is a huge upgrade. Um, it's just, I don't know. I just find this like, like the way I see it, we either get a super promising prospect or a shit ton of stuff. Like, it's like, we're not coming out of it. We're, it's very hard to come out of this situation losing. Like, it's like. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits to each side. Mm-hmm. Some people say the hall is too much to pass up on. But others will say if you get that hall and Fields still cannot translate his game and Caleb ends up translating, then you just pass on Mahomes, CJ Stroud, and Caleb Williams. I think it hurts, but if if Caleb, I mean, there's, it's not an impossible that Caleb doesn't plan it. Like, there's risk to both, but there's also benefit. Like, it's weird. But what's not okay is the fucking character assassination that's going on for both right now, Fields and Williams. Y'all need to chill the fuck out, dude. It's it's it would be fun to me. It's gonna be kind of funny because a lot of people there are like I'm I'm more I kind of lean more Caleb honestly. But I would, but I wouldn't care who is back. 
But the people that are outright defending, just putting absolute shit on Caleb, if he becomes our quarterback, it is going to be funny with all the receipts that I can oh, pull out. Very funny. But also, the fucking people going out of their way to just shit on Fields at every given opportunity. Like, dude, do you want him to get a high draft pick? Like, we, we, Okay, we need like, to see the vision. See the vision. Justin Fields' trail prior arc. <laughs> Terrell Pryor was a 1,000-yard receiver for the Cleveland Browns back in 2016. We just translate to Justin Fields to wide receiver, and then we draft Mar- and then we draft Caleb, and then draft Romo Dunze. I just solved their problem. That would be nice. It's just like I don't know. Caleb is just any Bears fan that says he's not good is a fucking idiot. I'll just yeah, say that. Is for sure. You can, if you are saying he's not a good football player, I don't think you've ever watched a game Caleb Williams has played in his life. But like, I, I, I was like thinking the other day, I was like thinking the other day, because I haven't really paid attention to like Caleb like play. I just, I just know he's like really good in a lot. And like the executives see him as like really fucking good as like generational. And so I'm like, okay, I'm bored as fucks. It's snow day. I go on, I have, like, a, I'm subscribed to a Patreon where I can get, like, All-22 for college. I go to Caleb All-22 film, and I realize that this dude is more elite than I thought he was. No, he is very, very, very good at football. But, like, it's, like, it's such a unique and, like, I don't think anyone's really ever been in this situation before. Where, like, no. maybe the closest was, like, Gardner Minshew and the Jags, but even then, it's, like, Fields is, was like puts on more of a show than Minshew. Like it's just it's such a Garner, Garner Minshew of insanity run compared at the beginning of the season. Wait, Gardner Minshew's insanity run was the 2019 season. So not even that. Like this not is even just... the Lawrence. Yeah, that wasn't even the Lawrence season. That was the year they um. Well, the year. Yeah, let me look it up. Actually, that was the year. Um, that was two years after they made that AFC Championship run. Like it's just it's such a unique situation that it's it's hard to navigate. Like it just is. Like it's yeah, and it's, it a, it's just a weird thing because there's a lot of people, including myself, that can't, that like say, "Oh, we should just surround a super team around Fields, right?" Um, but it's shown. It was shown today with Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. That if you if you surround a uh, super team and the quarterback is still mid, it doesn't work. And right yeah. now, Justin Fields is not is not more than mid. Like I see a lot of people, a lot of bear, a lot of fans calling him top ten. He's not a top ten quarterback. He he yeah, he's not top ten. But I don't like, even know if he's top fifteen. Honestly, he could he, top he, twenty. He, yeah, he's he's probably a top twenty quarterback for sure. But I don't know. But, he could, the thing is, he could play top five football, but we just – he can't do it. And that's the issue. Like, I've seen him be, like, the best player on the field, but it's just not happening all the time. Like, it's – and, again, Luke Getzey was fired for a fucking reason. So, we're not yeah. sure how much of that was on him. But- I think there was a lot of it that was on him in terms of Fields' development. I think a lot of it had to do with Fields just not being able to read defenses. Um 
Oh, by the way, the fact that we're even considering taking a quarterback is going to anger Nostradamus and Illwill. Um, they're going to call us uh, some names because we are considering getting rid of Justin Fields. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's just how the fan base is right now. No, the fan base either... very dangerous place to be. Um, it's it's a dangerous place to be because I feel like there's there's a lot of Caleb like shitters that like keep coming in and like shitting on fields, and then there's a lot of fields people. Honestly, I think there's more fields people when I see, when I scroll on the TL than I see Caleb like people. But like both both sides, the, are I I do enjoy the middle ground. Okay, I watched a video yesterday of some dude just like basically running through like the different like contracts stuff with like yeah, that guy, and all that. As a G, whoever made that video, that was awesome. That like that was that, a great video. Um, but yeah, I'm staying neutral because both sides are just very yeah. loud right now. Like it's like it's gotten out of hand. Like I yeah. seem like like I'll go like one tweet that says like oh Caleb paints his nails he's a buster Fields is the worst quarterback ever yeah ever yeah had. the Caleb paints his nails narrative has to stop oh my god like, who the hell cares <laughs> the, the 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 new narrative that they're pulling out on Caleb is the fact that he's taking forever to declare um Stroud didn't he declare. just Stroud declared on the last day of the window last year he declared on January 18th I believe this year's window is January 16th. Which just so happens to be the same day that Justin Fields declared. Yeah, calm down. Um, so anyone using that narrative, disregard them. Anyone using the painting nails narrative, disregard them. Because let's be honest, how sick would it be if we beat Green Bay and he comes out and he comes out of the locker room with fuck Green Bay painted on his nails? Um, but yeah, Fields is not the worst. Like, dude, come on now. Like, <laughs> it, Fields you- is not Fields is not a bottom ten quarterback. He's definitely He's- top twenty. And Fantasy football is he needs to shut the fuck up. He's not the worst quarterback the Bears have ever had. Have you watched the last fucking 10 years of Bears? I can't believe there are actual like, people that are saying that. Like, Justin <laughs> Fields is unironically a top 10 Bears quarterback of all time. He's arguably, like, top seven, top six. I mean, that's a sad – it's a sad list to be on. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, it's like – dude. <laughs> Calm the fuck Let's see. Down. Who are our top seven quarterbacks? Number one's Cutler, and I'm tired of putting that old Sid Lockman guy in front of him. Number one's Cuddy. Um, Sid Luckman was around when World War II was happening. So before polio was cured, yeah. Uh, oh, didn't he leave? Sid to- Luckman. Sid Luckman came before. Sid, Ma- <laughs> Sid Luckman played football before the last Bears All Pro quarterback came into the league. The last yeah. Bears All Pro quarterback was Johnny Lujak. Hold on. There was a guy by the name of Johnny Lujak. Okay. I can find him. I'm trying to find this dude because I know I remember seeing this a couple years ago. Yeah, it was a guy by the name of Johnny John Christopher Lujek. Oh, he actually was uh, survived until he was 98, just hmm. recently passed away. That's sad. Last uh, July. But Johnny Lujek. Um, Let's see. He was the Heisman Trophy winner at Notre Dame. He played quarterback and safety in the NFL for the Bears um, yeah. between 1948 and 1951. So he was actually the immediate successor to Luckman. Um, wow, we had a quarterback dynasty back before uh, yeah. Yugoslavia was dismantled. That's crazy. 
Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. They rotated quarterbacks. Oh Lord. And and Sid Luckman and George Blanda were there. He was actually the last quarterback to throw five touchdown passes in the game until Mitchell Trubisky threw six and ten against Tampa Bay. That's so you sad. You cannot make this up. So Anyways. Sad. Okay, so, so Johnny Blue Jack in nineteen fifty had an all pro season. The Bears went nine and three. Um, Lou Jack uh, completed 121 passes for 200 uh, on 254 attempts. That means he had an All Pro season, throwing 1,731 touchdowns or <laughs> 1,731 yards. He threw four touchdowns, and he threw 21 interceptions. Oh my God! <laughs> and he was a first team All Pro. <laughs> the funny thing about this is the year before he threw 23 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. Dude, <laughs> you cannot make this up. Dude, holy shit. All right. Oh. <laughs> the, the last Bears first team all pro quarterback threw four touchdowns and 21 interceptions in that season. Oh my god. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do we lose. put do we put do we put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers on an all time list? Yes. <laughs> um. Oh my God. All right. Uh. Eric Kramer at at three or two. <laughs> Holy shit! This is this is a bad list. This is this is a terrible terrible list. <laughs> yeah. Is it Trent Green? That's the one that like did all the like quarterback or the he was like the quarterback like analysis guy he, i think he was one of the people that or who, who was the one quarterback ex-quarterback not qb school but the one that was like a vet, uh looking at fields like a lot uh, Trent Dilfer? it might have been trent dofer it was dofer and well chase daniel too i don't chase daniel but chase daniel also like <laughs> everyone says listen to chase daniel he says all this like Good stuff about quarterbacks. He his his videos are like titled like Mason Rudolph, next franchise quarterback of the Steelers. <laughs> it's funny. Anyways, so I would probably say our top seven quarterbacks. So we got who cut Cuddy at one, obviously. Um, do we go McMahon at two? Um, or Luckman at two. Jesus, uh, I need to look up Sid Luckman career statistics. I've never actually taken a look. They're not Sid that Luckman's. good. Um, they're really. They're definitely not. They're really just okay. Um, let's see. Jim McMahon. He had a thirty-one interception season. Okay, man, that's more than Who? Winston's career high. McMahon or uh, Luckman. Luckman, and he did this in seven games started and twelve total games played. Are you kidding me? I'll do. I'll do. Luck. Um, we'll go. Stat. Yeah, we'll go. Luckman at two, and then McMahon at three. Oh man, Luckman, y'all know it's crazy. Luckman never passed three k yards with the Bears. Well, that's also in a time when football was being played like twelve games a season. That's true, but damn. God, imagine throwing. Imagine throwing Caleb Williams in the nineteen forty eight draft class. No, he was a. Uh, I mean, he was in the sixteen game era. I think, pretty sure. Either that, or he just missed a lot of football games. Oh. 
Yeah, but just imagine throwing Caleb Williams in the 1948 NFL draft class. Holy shit, they'd be stunned. <laughs> nah, yeah, luck, luck, um, most of these, Luckman's career high in games play was 12, so I don't think it was, every year was like 11 or 12 or 10, except for one year when he missed a lot of games, I guess. Yeah, I would probably put, I'd go Cuddy, then Luckman, then McMahon. Do we go 2013 Josh McCown at four? Oh. Where, who do we even put at four? This is the weird thing. Like, where are we putting Kiss and Titties? Because we got we to gotta get him out of the way. Probably, probably five, which is. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my do we God. put Fields ahead of Mitch? <laughs> I I honestly don't know. Like I I don't I, know because Mitch led us to the t- two playoff roofs. But did he lead us? Like the question is, did he lead us or did like? I mean, I mean to be fair, that 2020 run was like a lot. It, and that was a good run in 2020, but like 20 like 2018. I mean, he had a good year, but all he realistically had to do was not fuck up and get the ball at the 50 yard line pretty much every drive. Like, well, I mean, Justin, uh, not Justin, Fields, Mitch Trubisky had three straight games at 300 plus yards passing. That's true. I don't. I guess we'll put Mitch ahead of Fields. It it doesn't feel right because when I watch Fields, he looks better than Mitch, but. The stats. Dude, oh my god. No. I've just I've I've known this has been the case for a while. But man, Mitch was doing so good until his injury against Minnesota on Sunday night football. Yeah. I I think that's what derailed his career. Cause when you look at his stats after that game, it's just mid. That sucks. Oh wait, he threw three hundred yards in a playoff game. I forgot about that. Oh, and the defense decided to fold. God, and when it's been five years, so I think it's time we talk about this game. Um, let's oh talk about the Bears going ahead, or they punted to the Eagles' forty-yard line. They were up fifteen to ten with four forty-eight left. The defense decided to fold on that final drive. They had them at fourth and goal. Like everyone's like talking about like the the, the shit with uh, Cody Parkey, but like you had them at fourth and goal. They had just thrown three straight incompletions or or something like that. But literally, the Eagles had used all their timeouts, so they were on. If they didn't convert it, the, the game was over. And the Bears decided to let them score on that play. Um, granted, if Bryce Callahan and Eddie Jackson were hurt, they probably would have stopped that. But, um, yeah, and then we all know what happened after that. Oh, boy. It's kind of funny how they changed it to a block because it was barely tipped just to try and help Parky out because he was getting a bunch of shit. I don't know. I just feel like that was the one season I actually enjoyed watching football. <laughs> and it was ruined in the playoffs. Yeah. And we never really again. Did we? 
I wonder what it's like to be a Ravens fan where your team is like always they're never bad, but they're all they're always they have like they they haven't quite made it over the hump in a while, but they're always like either good or like really good. Have the yeah, have the Ravens really ever been bad? Like since like honestly, it's so impressive. Like not since not since they moved from Cleveland, I don't think. Yeah, like I I consider the Ravens as like a new franchise, and like they're like crazy. Like it's honest, like it's honestly just nuts. Like, yeah. Well, they probably also had it better because they had the bronze uh, in place already. They'd have to go through the expansion draft. That's true. Speaking of the Browns today, oh my God, Joe Flacco. Yeah, uh, his insanity run is over. Yeah. If I'm the, if you're the Ravens, you're probably praying that the Steelers win tomorrow, or not tomorrow Monday. Um, because I wouldn't want to face Houston. I honestly think that's probably the Ravens' biggest chance. No. If the Ravens win, and okay, let's say the Bills win, I think the Texans probably have the best chance of beating the Ravens, and then the Bills are the second best. The Chiefs are just not making it this year. I'm sorry. If they do, it's just probably fixed so that Taylor Swift can be at the game. Yeah. I don't know. It's just Stafford versus the Lions is going to be cinema, though. I have the Rams winning that game. I do, too. I do, too. I feel like I feel like it's just an upset waiting to happen. I love Stafford, dude. He's he's probably my like favorite NFC North, or I guess past NFC North quarterback. Do we remember that time when people thought Stafford could possibly be a Bear? Yeah, I kind of wanted it, Loki. I like, I really do love Stafford. I think he's, I think he's. I wonder, I wonder if that report that the Bears were actually going to trade a first and Tariq Cohen for Carson Wentz was actually like something. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> if we did that, I was turning in my. I mean, we what we did immediately after wasn't much better, but Jesus, it's oh, great. regarding your Ravens stuff. Um, let's see. So the first couple of years of like since after they moved, first year they were four and twelve. Then they were six and ten, in the next two years, and then they in nineteen ninety nine they. Went eight eight and then two thousand won the Super Bowl. After that first Super Bowl win in two since two thousand, the Ravens have had seasons losing ten plus games. They've had just three of them, three seasons of ten plus game losses. Two thousand five, two thousand seven, and twenty fifteen. That is fantastic. Like, why can't we be as afraid like like them? It's just, it's annoying. The Bears never get stuff right. I guarantee you, they'll find a way to screw up this quarterback situation. Oh, we will. I feel like we always do. Though to be fair, the Ryan Poles, the fire Ryan Poles trait over this season continues to be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, no, that guy is out here working miracles. So, I mean, if you want to fire him, you're an idiot. But like, that is the yeah. first DM in a while I actually trust. 
Yeah, he's probably he's probably the best GM we've had in the two thousands already. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny how Pace somehow managed to be better than Angelo and Phil Emery, and was still considered one of the worst GMs ever. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I watched a video recently that said Ryan Pace was one of the worst GMs ever. I don't think he was the worst. It was just like he spe- again, like I said. Pace was somehow so me. Pace, obviously the Mitch trade had a bunch of like failed to do shit like building through like drafts and game more draft picks. He gave out a bunch of high of mid contracts, of big contracts to a bunch of mid players, and still managed to be a better GM than Phil Emery and Jerry Angelo. Yeah. So. Not that high of a bar for Pulse to beat, but he's beating it. Oh, I guess the final thing we can talk about is uh, our opponents for next year have been set. Um, it's, we are, it's honestly looking like a good schedule. Yeah. At home, we will be facing, uh, obviously, Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota. And then we will also face Seattle, um the Rams, Jaguars, Titans, Panthers, and Patriots at home. One of those home games, not Minnesota, and I presume they wouldn't do it with Green Bay or Detroit either. One of the one of those home games will be in London. It's a game that the Bears will host. I would think that the most likely options are probably the Panthers or Patriots. Maybe they do the Titans. Um Jaguars already have a home game at London, though I think they have doubled up a couple times, so they could do that again. Um, the Rams have not been to Soldier Field since 2018, um, and neither have the Seahawks, actually. So That's kind of weird how we played the Rams every year in the Nagy era, and we went 1-3 and three against them, but for some reason we played three straight at SoFi. Like, I don't know how that ended up shaping yeah. out. But... The Rams and the Giants were, like, in our division for a bit. It was weird. Yeah. Um, And then our road games next year. So, we obviously have um... – okay. I thought I missed something on my graphic. Anyways, so we obviously have Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit. Um, Again, Minnesota is going to be in London, but or they will – be hosting a game in London, but that will not be us because we will also be hosting a game in London. Um, although I don't understand why they didn't give us the Brazil game, considering we have the only Brazilian player in the league, and he's one of the best kickers in the league. Well, um, yes, it's it's fine, I guess. Anyway, so we have the three division games, obviously. Then we'll, we will hit the road and go to San Francisco and Arizona for the first time since 2018. Um, the last time we played San, San Francisco was 2022, um, where Matt Eberfus somehow has a winning record against them. I don't know how. I don't know why. I call it the monsoon. Um, and then, obviously, the last time we played Arizona was this year. We did we beat them. Um, Texans on the road for the first time since 2016. Um Played them in 2023, or 2022, excuse me. Um, Fields had a pretty shit game, but they ended up winning because Roquan Smith bailed us out. Um, 
Colts we will also be going there for the first time since 2016. Um, the last time we went there, Brian Hoyer like cooked them, but we still lost. Um, actually, I'm we're already I'm already planning to go to that game in in Indianapolis. So, um, we're just waiting to find out when that is, and then we'll also be playing Washington again on the road. So Washington has kind of taken over that uh, New York Giants role of playing the Bears every year. Yep. I'm trying to think who else would who would be like the Rams replacement, but there's nobody in the NFC West that we continue to play year after year. Maybe the Panthers become the the South team, though. I doubt we stay this at the same level in divisions as for a bit. Oh, and had we beaten Green Bay, uh, we would have ended up finishing third in the division, or Minnesota would have finished last. Um, but there wouldn't have been that much difference. You would just swap Carolina, New England, and Washington with Atlanta, Jets, and Giants. It still would have been nice over those suckers, but it is what it is. Yeah. Also would have been nice to, uh, you know, host Aaron Rodgers and beat him. Um but whatever. Um, don't think there's much left to cover at this point. This one was kind of a long so, one. Yeah. I yeah. we're hoping to get one maybe for free agent. I don't think this year is really going to be too big of a free agent class. Not for the Bears. I really, yeah. I want us to get Antoine Winfield. If anybody, I want That's really my Winfield, main target. Uh, Winfield, Bryce Huff, and we'll see. Um, but I don't think I think the big moves are coming to the draft, obviously. Yeah. All right, guys, it's gonna be exciting off season. Um Pulse has deleted Twitter so you cannot influence them. So keep that in mind. Uh and have a good one, guys. Uh thanks for listening to our comeback episode. All right.